What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals along with Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Van Aken. Today, I'm joined by Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? I'm feeling great. How are you? I'm doing really good. Thank you. Good. I'm, I stayed up too late playing Baldur's Gate last night. I'm at a, uh, a pretty big crossroads, and uh, mm. and so you might be able to hear it in my voice. <laughs> uh, we are also joined Just by... Just the indecision in your voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're joined by Kyle Hilliard. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I, I think I got enough sleep, I think. Okay, we'll all right. Yeah, Inside Baseball recording way earlier than usual. Um, so pardon pardon if there's, you know, frogs in the throat. Tat, how about brain frogs in in the in the throat? That's Should be a, all clear our throats. And is that good? Is that good podcasting? <laughs> well, I just did mine, so I'll leave it up to y'all to to find a time. Yeah, the news town himself is here. <coughs> how you doing, Wes? How's yes, it going? Perfect. Thank doing, you. Doing much better now good. that I've got a clear throat. Um, I got I got good yeah. sleep. I got good sleep. I woke up a little early. Did some meeting, which is kind of wild for me, and it's been a good day mm. so far. Nice, nice. Are you doing Pokemon sleep? No. You, uh, you messed with that yet? <laughs> I have I have not messed with that. I don't think I'm going to. I don't want to gamify okay, sleep. Too right. much of my life is gamified. <laughs> uh, that's absolutely fair. Uh, well, we've got a big show today. We're going to be talking about uh, Gamescom opening night live, which happened yesterday for us. And uh, going to be getting into some Immortals of Avium uh, review discussion with Wes and uh, then we're going to be talking with Brian about he went to New York. He went to Chicago and all in all, he played, I don't know, five or six games, including Mortal Kombat, Persona 5 Tactica uh, and much more. So busy show today. We're going to kind of be shuffling around just FYI. It's been uh, with all these all this travel and these big events. It's just getting people fitting people into the show as we can. So uh, you might see you might see us in a couple different outfits as we've uh, recorded this episode. No, all the same day. It's like all the, the uh, yes, outfit change. It's like you ever hear the secret of reality TV where apparently they'll film multiple like scenes in one day and they'll tell the cast to change mm. clothes so it seems like time has passed. That makes sense. Yeah, and I've heard that's like, too hot to handle for me. Don't do this. <laughs> I've heard it's yeah. a real pain in the ass uh for the actors. That's why you got to watch Big Brother cuz they have 24-hour yeah. camera feeds that you can you can watch. It'd be a real show, Alex. Oh, it'd be awful. Is it just a feed? I really want to compete. We should have a 24 hour GI show. (laughs) Nah, we're good. I checked. I looked into it. We're good. (laughs) Well, let's get into uh, Gamescom. Um, Man, started off real strong with uh, that guy rushing the stage. Oh, I thought you were talking about Starfield. I was like, did it? (laughs) Oh, no, no. I just can't. I can't believe that they had another guy literally opening the show I, with I mean, another I, another uh, one of these. Yeah, I can, and I also don't want to give them any, like, airtime. You know, it's like, oh, that's what's fair. just, that's the, like, fair. those, whatever they were trying to do, I'm glad was a failure. I'm glad they moved on so quickly. I hope people are done with that it's like i don't want it to become a fad you know i saw janet garcia suggesting like they do in baseball like 
cut the camera feeds when that happens. Uh, that's what, uh, yeah. well, when yeah. WWE, when the, with the rare instant when someone jump, like a fan jumps the barricade and tries to do something, they'll like cut away to like anything else. So like yeah. you see it for like maybe a split second. No incentivizing it. Yeah. I will say, I did think and they don't, and they don't acknowledge it at all. Like they don't even talk about it. Yeah. I did think it was a bit when it first started and I was like, are they like making a joke about the, the game awards that's a weird i didn't think they'd want to joke about that but it was pretty quickly clear that it's like oh no no these are just some uh some jerks yeah i feel like they should just like they should have uh some security between the seats and the stage it's gonna be a guard it seemed like the security was like on the back like the far corners of the of the room i mean they did get them out out of there pretty quickly to their credit maybe at the beginning of every show going forward right before jeff starts his opening monologue or maybe as he's doing it he pulls his jacket back and you see just like a gun in his holster and and he he doesn't acknowledge (laughs) it he just very casually just flashes it and then keeps talking see i was thinking what if he had a fake start you know (laughs) yeah they recorded (laughs) they're like and and starting the show here's like list all the big names and and you know that's your chance to bait them out it's a trap uh, yeah uh let's talk about the actual games though um i was was kind of working through the show i know well all of us were in some way but uh, i was di- less directly tied to covering the show but i'm still watching i this 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 it didn't do much for me yesterday yeah. and and to be fair jeff did get out ahead of time and basically tempered expectations saying okay. like hey like no no big reveals we're a... just updates like, yeah it's this, gonna be chill. this is one of the bad ones <laughs> yeah. exact wording. Oh, and no. i think even he put out uh correct me if i'm wrong but i think he even like put out a list of what was going to be there or like most stuff so that yeah, it, yeah it, there was a lot yeah, be much a of a list. surprise right so he's just like pretty much trying to cover his butt as much as possible like yeah. don't complain yeah. is what he basically <laughs> said i warned you yeah um but yeah what what were some of y'all your your highlights uh from the show marcus i'll go to you first i mean honestly the only two that really leaked out because there's stuff there that i'm excited about but it's stuff that we've seen and know about of like oh like i'm excited for alan wake uh, and then i walked away like i'm still excited this what you showed yeah. me it didn't change that but yeah or like mortal Kombat. It's like oh cool I- i'm gonna play that anyway but in terms of new stuff there was um uh i mean little nightmares 3 it's probably the biggest new thing for me because I really like those first two games, especially the second one. So that was a, a fun trailer. And then honestly, I like towards the end, there was that game of God. What was it called? I'm looking it up now. Uh, thank goodness, thank goodness you're, here. you're here. Yes. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm surprised you know what I was talking about <laughs> immediately. Uh, that was like, it's sort of like brand, brand new stuff. I was like, okay, I, I want to play that. I want to know more about that one. Uh, that was and the um, Panic, right? Panic yeah, Publishing, Panic. yeah. Which is uh, the title Goose Game, Playdate, all that. Playdate, Play yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's like a very like silly. I, I think the term they use is slap former, where <laughs> yeah, right, it's right. got this very kind of like cartoony uh, vibe. It's very British, uh, extremely British humor, where you play as like a salesman, apparently. And you're just in this English town going around trying to, like, sell your wares. And you're just meeting all these weird, like, locals. And, 
like just getting all these weird odd jobs and, and just sort of like exploring more and more to see a city selling your dumb whatever you're selling but i don't know it's just like the, the the presentation and the humor and just how silly it looks i was like oh, okay that looks kind of delightful i want to play that so yeah that, honestly it's kind of those two were my like big like takeaways i guess like again there was some stuff that looked cool but it was like eh, I, I i know i want to play that already yeah, I feel like the big, out of those two, thank goodness you're here, is like the big one that I was really stoked for. The art style looks really fun. It's kind of got that, uh, it kind of looks like that that Swords of Ditto art a little oh, bit. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Um, or uh, did you ever play, oh, was it Pool Party? Is the, the, it was like a comedy game about like uh, billiards. Mm-mm. No? it's It was an adult swim game. Um, oh, that's why it was a pool party. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts not knowing what it is. Uh, yeah, it was, on a, it was like a, a, a pool panic is what it was. Mm. Um, and uh, the art style reminds me quite a lot of that. But I, 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 I'm always down for more comedic focused games. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm. It looks light. It looks fun. I'm excited for that one. But uh, I think. Uh, Probably for me, Crimson Desert was a big standout. Um, they sh- they've shown that off off previously. I think several years ago, three, three yeah. years ago. Yeah, like they have, this is the first time that game has made a peep since then. Honestly, so I was like checking that, their YouTube channel to see like was anything yeah. uploaded that I didn't. It's like no, it's just these original trailers from 2020. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's yeah. the one where you're like a medieval guy, but you're also like doing full breath of the wild like jumping and flying yeah. and stuff like that right okay yeah so it's from cool. the same uh they do they do black desert yeah. online pearl abyss the developer pearl abyss yeah it's set in that world um, too right it's like the same universe or continent or something like that i think so yeah i forget i remember at the time when i was like because i think i wrote a magazine preview for it when it was first announced like I think you're right, but I couldn't. I, they were, I was like, it's like loosely connected, or if it's like all yeah. the way connected, I forget. The extent. Yeah, yeah. Their yeah. games are so gorgeous, though. They Black do. Desert is ridiculously good looking, especially for an MMO. You know, all all the things you have to tackle with that in terms of performance, and it's still probably the best. Like, they definitely go for like that glossy, you know, high fidelity look compared to something more stylized. But they do it really well. Um, and I don't know if you all saw the shot where they are. They're kind of fighting amidst a flooded area a little bit. And they were the animations interacting with the puddles on the ground <laughs> was ridiculous. It was like typically graphics. I'm like, as long as you have a cool art style, I don't really care like what it looks like. Um but seeing that like brought me back to like lizard brain Alex, where I was like, "Oh my gosh, that looks like real life." Um, <laughs> the way he jumped off that dragon and then transformed into yeah. like a psycho crushing feather thing. Yeah, but specifically like the puddle, like he the way he like moved his his foot through the puddle as he was fighting. I was like, "That's ridiculous!" Like whoever that animator is. <laughs> Give, give them uh, a large yeah. raise. Now, are you going to be mad when the game comes out and that puddle is less impressive? <laughs> that yeah, yeah. I'll definitely have to bring. Uh, no, I'll be sad. And this is it mad. is like a single single player 
game, right? Because when I hear yes. about Black yeah. Desert Online, I think like MMO, but this, like, which is honestly like would just totally evaporate any interest I had. But if this is all like single player, mm-hmm. which it looks like it is, I that, it is. that does make yeah. me much more excited about it. Yeah. It looks cool. This game also looks like it has every feature ever put into a video game. <laughs> which always it, goes well for games that do that. It was yeah, so much. Yeah. It just kept going. It was like, oh, here's a new thing. Here's a new thing. Mini game. Even riding a horse or taming a horse has a mini game. Yeah. yeah which I yeah. mean, it's like Zelda does too. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, you can hug a cat. I was like, you know, we, we love petting pets. But I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen a game where you just outright pick it up and just snuggle it. Um, but this game mm-hmm. has done it. We've technology has advanced to where oh, we can we can more intimately uh, show love to our, our mm-hmm. fur babies. So finally, I, I, Fi- yeah, finally, <laughs> that looked good. I feel like uh, what was the other one that they showed off? Uh, well, one one to call out the one that got the most traffic on uh, our website was the cyberpunk stuff, which is kind of surprises me because like I thought cyberpunk is a weird game where I feel like people like cooled on it a lot, right? Obviously it was going to be big yeah. and we all know the story. It came out and people were really disappointed in it. And I feel like people really are coming back around on it and getting excited again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that anime has definitely done a lot to oh, yeah. rehabilitate yeah. its uh, image and, and interest in it. And then they've also like those updates that they've done to kind of bring it up to snuff. I like that the, uh, during that presentation there, one of their big pitches was like, we fixed the cops. The cops right. are back, baby. They're gonna yeah, yeah. they're gonna do their job so well. You better watch out. Yeah, hacking like, while uh, driving and cops and all. It's uh, they showed off all the stuff that's gonna be added for everyone for free. You know, like whether you okay, get yeah. liberty or not, it's, it'll be part of the game. Yeah, right. So this is part of the show that I I had to step away for, um, but I saw on our website that they teased like this whole 2.0 update. Is that like what this yeah is tying into? Okay, yeah, like 2.0 is coming. And it's going to overhaul a ton of systems. And then also okay. Phantom Liberty will be available to purchase if you want. As a separate yeah. expansion. Yeah. yeah. And which I, I, I'm, I'm sort of walking carefully because I don't know how much I can say. But like in the next issue of Game Informer, we will have a big feature on Cyberpunk uh, related okay. to all that stuff um, that, that, I, that I wrote. So, um, But uh, I, I was still surprised to see that be the one that got the most traffic on the site. I was like, oh, I guess people are sure. excited about Cyberpunk. Cool. I am yeah. too. Let's start a club. Wes, what were uh, some standouts for you? Um, Cyberpunk was one of them for sure. I had played Phantom Liberty at Summer Game Fest, and I really liked 2077 when it came out. I had a uh, Xbox Series X at the time, so I didn't really have too many issues that I know a lot of people did with it. Um, and I really, really, really loved the Edge Runners anime and like even the, the perk skill tree rework like has like David, the main character of Edge Runners, has his own skill tree in the rework and like Rebecca, other characters from them are on the different perks. So it's cool to see them like integrate the anime so much into the um, show so, or into the uh, game. So I'm excited about that. And then the other one was probably Little Nightmares 3. I love the first game. Haven't mm. played the second. I'm more interested Ooh. in it from like a developer standpoint because it's super massive developing it, which has done The Quarry and Until Wait, Dawn. Really? Yeah, yeah, and I think weird. that oh, is... I didn't see that. So okay. it's a it's like a weird like anthology series at this point because it's been a different developer every game. And now I'm... Ex- but like, I, I don't know. I think it's just so, Wait, it's so fascinating it? to me. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know that second, either. I think the second game was developed by a different team as well, if I remember correctly. Okay. 
Yeah, I, None, I love the nightmares. Like, yeah, genuine, like I've played both of them. Played the mobile game and read all the comics. You're gonna oh listen to the podcast. So we're just fake I, fans. I will uh, because it has become a sort of um, of <laughs> uh, a, 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 a father daughter thing for us. Like we like play it together and we read the oh. comics together. Like I don't, and it's weird. Like my kid does not like creepy things usually, but something about little nightmares. It's like, I, <laughs> appeals to her and we're like all in Does like it? her and i like i i read her the press release like that's where i'm at with that game you know like she's like oh awesome you <laughs> know <laughs> so, yeah. i that's interesting because that game is not like tame in terms of the horror like there's some like no, genuinely really. like those weird like what do you what do they call the nightmarish people with the long arms and stuff like they're like yeah. legit scary to me and i think the oh, second I game agree. especially is like had some genuinely terrifying moments <laughs> Yeah, no, huh. I'm concerned. Is I'm like it's. <laughs> well, what have like you done, Kyle? She watches a scary teacher eat the kids. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, by the way, Wes, I just to double check. I did look. It looks like one and two were Tarsier Studios. Okay. And now maybe, the third one is super massive. Unless maybe, maybe it was the, published but, by a different um, company. Maybe. One and two. I, there was something. There was a change between one and two, in terms of somebody on the back end um i don't remember yeah but no, nonetheless, I, that's, like, that sounds right yeah i wonder how yeah. that change happened like or why you know i evolved studios supermassive which is never to my knowledge they've never done like a platformer or side scroller things you know yeah um unless they have huh. like a weird before until dawn history that we're just that's what i'm you know thinking, maybe. yeah or maybe just talent at the studio previously worked on you know other games in those genres yeah yeah, and kind of collectively, they're going back to. I hope oh, they Little did. Nightmares Three opens with the curator introducing okay. us to the story. Supermassive did, did the... the enhanced edition of Little Nightmares Two, so like the new gen console version. Oh, so they've got interesting. Okay. okay, they have some history on it, so I guess that makes sense. But still, it's yeah, nonetheless, like it's still strange to see Supermassive on this series, yeah. especially because they've been they still doing got their like own yeah. IPs. Yeah, they still got 27 Dark Pictures games they got to make. <laughs> They're like, can we make this one of those? Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing if it's just the Dark Pictures anthology. Little By the way, Nightmares I'm sure. Three. Plus I'm sure. Little Nightmares DLC. <laughs> I'm sure Wes and I are looking at the same stuff here, but apparently Supermassive did a bunch of Little Big Planet DLC. Really? Yeah, like they worked on Little huh. Big Planet before Until Dawn. So I guess. Which. Here. Okay. That 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 fits. That kind of looks yeah. like Little Nightmares, you know, yeah. two and a half D kind of. You could probably you know. make Little Nightmares in that game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, great. that's how it started. Someone made it, and they were like, "We should, we should make this into its own thing." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wes, I do want to ask you. You, you, sorry, you weren't, you weren't on last week when I believe the Lords of the Fallen preview embargo came up, mm, and that was one yeah. of the games that was at the show. You've played that game, right? Yeah, I played about two hours in LA uh, last month. Yeah, July. Um, it yeah. is the most promising Souls-like I've played. Not developed by From Software. Uh, first game, I did not like. It's very clunky and kind of locks you into a certain play style. This game is them acknowledging all the problems with the first game, although I don't know if that matters as much because it's a 10 year old game at this point um, and doing their own thing in the genre. So you can kind of play whatever style you want in a very Elden Ring esque fashion. Like there's tons of classes. You can be a bloodborne character if you want. That's what I played was the one from the trailers. That's clearly bloodborne inspired. Um, but like the, the cool thing for me was the two realm system. There's like the regular world you live in. 
and then there is when you die you go to the umbral realm and so when you die the first time it's not really the end of your run you have a chance to go through the umbral realm and find like a special portal that takes you back to the uh i think it's called axiom uh, axiom uh which is like the living realm but you can also use a lamp to illuminate the umbral realm while in the living realm and you use that to like do platforming puzzles and find chests and reach areas you wouldn't be able to reach otherwise. Oh. It's doing like, it's kind of like the medium where you could like illuminate the other world at the same time, um, except it's in a, a Souls-like game and it's really cool. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it feels like a Souls game. It plays like one. They're not like shying away from the fact that they are heavily inspired by From Software games. Uh, they just want to do their own spin on it, and they've taken their time to, uh, I think, really nail something in that two-realm system. So it's coming out at a terrible time, I think, October 13th, uh, which is like <laughs> yeah, right. the, the, the two Ooh. hell weeks of, of games this year. But uh, I think it's one that uh, people are going to be surprised with. God, movies don't have this problem. Movies don't have hell week. You just go see all the yeah. movies. <laughs> it worked for yeah. Barbenheimer. They're like, hey, you have, he- yeah. you have hell day. <laughs> yeah. This benefits both of us to come out the same. We need that for what is our Barbenheimer is going to be Spider-Man and Mario. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to need like a name for that. Yeah. Because we had Doom I've canceled Animal my Crossing. anniversary yeah. trip that week. And uh, <laughs> we're just going to we're just going to play games. <laughs> <laughs> Can I? uh Real quick, I, I forgot about this game. We'll call out a uh, Black Myth Wukong that like oh yeah, kind of, yeah. Like, yeah. Chinese looking the it looked Chinese just because of the Journey to stuff. the West yeah like Journey to the West and, right, and stuff yeah, yeah. Um, that action game I'm a sucker for like stylish action or any like stuff like that and it gave me some like strong kind of like Neo vibes or maybe Wulong like Team Ninja vibes. Uh, I don't know if that game had been announced before. Uh, it was my first time seeing it, at least that I could it remember. Had it had been um, announced, yeah. Okay, then maybe yeah. I'd seen it and just forgotten about it. But it's a good trailer. That, yeah, yeah, it's a good trailer. Look cool. I, that's probably maybe that's like number three on my like things of like oh, I want to play that. Yeah, I think it looks cool too. I think Call of Duty um, was not a standout. It was Call of Duty. I want I want to play Call of Duty like yeah. that. Same. And I'm a sucker for the for the night vision infiltration missions. I'm like we've had this in like almost every Call of Duty game. Yeah. So that was the uh, money that's kind shot. Of Modern Warfare thing. Yeah, I've yeah. always thought that on Modern a... Warfare you have the lasers that you can see with the yeah. yeah, yeah. I've always thought that was a weird choice for demos like Call of Duty is like why is so much of this in night vision? You can't really show off the fidelity when it's so limited because of just how night vision looks. I, I don't know. I've always kind of questioned that choice of like maybe yeah, just but we got save to see that the for wet. the game. I, they the were very stone. super wet. Everyone was, I, and I asked this in chat when it was like the first like few minutes. It's like I'm having deja vu. Like didn't they do this? It was with so Modern Warfare similar. Two, the first yeah. similar. Like yeah, it starts on a boat in the middle of the ocean. It's pouring rain. Mm-hmm. It's like we're. We're doing this again. Oh, okay, is that just the template? And a lot of people love that mission, myself included. Even though it's barely a mission. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you guys seen the, the uh, trailer? Kyle, I think you covered it. It was like the big reveal trailer with Makarov where they tease in like a almost Marvel-esque fashion another no Russian level, which seems so no, wild to me. Right. Like he's on a plane oh, and yeah. he pulls up a gun and then his phone, he's texting someone and then someone texts him and says no Russian. And then, yeah, and I'm like, that seems no. I, I they am, did effort. They did. I yeah, about it's that. gonna be the conversation around that. Like, I, I'm. I don't know how they're gonna handle oh no Russian. In that's gotta be a. 
I if they do it, it's got to be probably they like a cutscene, right? Like yeah. it's like you don't actually play it this time. It's just going to be a cutscene because we still like we're kind of trying to have our cake and eat it too. We're like we still want that shock factor and like the the emotional impact, but maybe we just won't have you pulling the trigger this time. No, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, that's giving them a lot of credit, Marcus. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I that's, would say that's... maybe we just don't, or if you do, maybe it. It's it, you don't even see it. Like you just reference maybe that implied. it happened. Like oh man, did, yeah. Like Captain Price, like we just got briefed that this happened at the airport. They'll have yeah, that little prompt we're looking at the start a map. of the game yeah. that's like, "Do you want to kill a lot of civilians?" No or yes, and then you can hit no. If oh, you like the, to. The, <laughs> and then you have the option to toggle rabbids instead. <laughs> and it's well, just What's the like thing for like grounded with the arachnophobia slider? It's like it turns all the civilians into blobs with eyeballs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, I know Ubisoft does not make Call of Duty because I've already seen the comments no. in my brain <laughs> for that joke. Like, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah, guy doesn't even know Activision. Um. Are there any other? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the list that, that you all put in our, our doc here. Um, were there any other like standouts for you? I'm, I'm looking at it. Killing Floor 3 looked all right. Yeah. I was not expecting that to be. I don't know if they had shown Killing Floor 3 before. I think that was a new announcement. Tekken 8 release dates big. I, I love Tekken. And that's been. Unfortunately, it, I mean, I guess it, it, it makes sense that it's coming out next year, not this year. I was just excited about the idea of getting kind of like the big three fighting games all in one year and having that like showdown. But like, I, I, I see why it's, it's January. It's like, yeah, like give it some space, you know, let it, you know, it doesn't have to fight street fighter and mortal Kombat if it doesn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, excited for that. Finally, not my prediction of it being November 10th, unfortunately bit the dust. Oh, right. The yeah. GI show like yeah. weeks and weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, just a lot of a lot of like updates and trailers for games that we're looking forward to already. It just yeah, that's kind of where I, how I felt ultimately. Yeah. yeah. It was like uh just cool trailers and it makes my like gaming calendar a little easier to manage cuz I have there was some release dates, but like <laughs> there wasn't I don't think I popped for anything really. It wasn't it wasn't one of those shows where I'm working and I have to like stop writing a story cuz I need to watch what's going on on screen. It was just kind of like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. Are you guys yeah. going to watch Rebel Moon on Netflix? Probably no. not. What's that? <laughs> oh, the, the Zack Snyder <laughs> yeah. movie. That, no, I, my eyes instantly glazed over. That I guess is getting a away. game, too. His lightsabers... I think I muted the stream at that point and went back to editing my video. <laughs> His take on lightsabers yeah. is cool, and it's cooler than what Star Wars has been doing lately, but that, I don't, I'm probably not going to watch it. I don't know. I think I saw like three different IPs mashed into that movie. I was like, okay, this is kind of Dune maybe a little bit of like harry potter because i saw like a hippogriff looking thing i mean that's uh, snyder's whole thing though it's like even his original movies are very much just like ideas without relevance like i i watched his zombie movie on netflix and like oh army of the dead yeah and there's just so much stuff in it that's like like would if you're talking with your friends be like isn't that a cool idea and you're like oh i guess so but like well, how, is that relevant to like the story or what's <laughs> happening and it's like no but it's cool right it's like I guess like that's my Snyder take <laughs> It's just, it's like, you know, he makes very pretty looking things that just uh, don't have any depth. <laughs> I can feel guy. the Snyder army coming to the comments. Yeah. Supposed to be, Come at me. Supposed to be getting more in like an army of the dead and uh, cinematic universe. Maybe you have time to work on this. Yeah. I, I look, I think his Watchmen adaptations. All right. <laughs> I thought like that the, 
I thought the Snyder Cut of Justice League was better than the original, which is probably the coldest uh, take you can offer because that movie is terrible. Original yeah. Justice League, and this one, his the black and white one was less terrible. By the way, it's not a cut if you have to go back and reshoot like you know an extra four hours of the movie. <laughs> like that's a new movie. You remade yeah. your movie. It's not what do a you cut. call it then. It's not as snappy. The, what is it? The, the, the Snyder add-on. The, the the Snyder Expansion remake. Pack. He remade yeah. his the movie he started and didn't finish. But the anyway, that's a whole thing. <laughs> Two, well, 2.0. speaking of film edits, uh, we're going to transition. Brian Che is going to join us for a few minutes, talking about all those games he played on his trips, and then we're going to come back and finish out the show with Wes here, talking about Immortals of Avium. We'll be right back after this. And we are back, joined by Brian Shea, who's stopping in. Uh, Shea, you recently went to New York, right? And played several games at a preview event. What'd you see? So uh, that I can talk about right now, I saw Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Okay. Persona 3 Reload. Persona 5 Tactica. uh, Endless Dungeon. Samba de Amigo, Party Central, which comes out next week. So, I mean, hey, if you want to talk about it, now's the time. how many there are. Uh, you're just like, and this, and this, yeah. and this, and I also played this, and then this. How long were you at this event for? <laughs> well, and then there was one I can't talk about Years, just yet. surely. <laughs> There's one I can't talk about just yet, and then there were two games I didn't get to. Both of them were Total War games because I had, like, 30 minutes left, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to accomplish anything in a Total War game in 30 minutes. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's I had time to, to select those. two commands. <laughs> exactly. So, that's when I went and played Samba de Amigo. <laughs> so, I did that. And then, actually, two days later, or one day later, I was on a plane to Chicago because I saw Mortal Kombat 1. So, oh, it was a long week, but have lots to talk about. All right, well, run us through uh, what, what you want to talk about. All right, I guess we'll start with the first game that I played, which is Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Uh, this is kind of a spinoff, I guess, because the mainline hero is now Ichiban Kasuga, who debuted in Yakuza 7, Like a Dragon. Mm-hmm. Now um, the entire franchise is just renamed Like a Dragon out here in the West. And which was always one, its Japanese name, right? Like I be believe so, yes. Clear, right? Okay. So this stars uh, our old pal Kiru, and he, uh, as the name implies, he has erased his name, so he now goes by Joru, and he has two fighting styles. He has kind of like his Yakuza fighting style, which people will remember from the other games, and then he has an agent fighting style where he uses like gadgets. So there's one that like, and it's all mapped to, I believe, the face buttons. You hold down specific face buttons and they'll do different gadgets. One's like a combat drone that'll fly around and help you with like the enemies around you. The other one is like, he'll be able to like throw out like these, these uh, like lines that will tie up the enemies and allow you to attack them. Uh, Like they're kind of stunned. Another one activates uh, rocket boots. So he goes like charging forward. It's, it's very, very silly. But um, that that's kind of how the combat plays. out. It plays out very much like the original run of, of Yakuza games where it's like the the third person brawler as opposed to the turn-based combat of uh, 
Yakuza 7 Like a Dragon. And uh, basically, they this takes place, the, the demo that I played takes place on the castle because the, the main gameplay, I believe, is in Osaka and Yokohama. So the okay. majority of his adventure took place in different parts of Tokyo, most most notably Kamurocho, which is uh, modeled after uh, like kind of like some of the, the nightlife areas of Shinjuku. And uh, so Kamurocho seems like it's left completely in the past. Now it's Osaka and Yokohama. But my gameplay demo takes place on kind of like an enclosed area that's like a Yakuza playground um, called the castle. And the reason it's called the castle, and Alex, you'll appreciate this because we went here together, is... Osaka Castle. It is modeled after Osaka Castle. And oh, that's cool. at the center is Osaka Castle, like a kind of like a, a one-to-one replica of it. But it's like basically like a, a it's out in international waters, so law enforcement can't really get them, and they're just kind of like a floating like anything. Wait, you goes. and Alex went to this place? <laughs> we did. Well, well Osaka <laughs> Castle's in the middle of Osaka, so I think that's well within the bounds <laughs> yes. of the law. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, in real life, no monkey knife fights out in the castle or anything. No, no. I actually went there too for the RE cover trip back in it, January. It's no, pretty yeah. rad. It's just yeah. a lot of families. It's pretty and easy to walk folks to. walking around. Yeah, enjoying the sights. Very different from uh, the castle, which I visited in this game. Uh, so that's like kind of like on like a, a floating cargo ship out in the international waters, and you know, straight ahead is like a combat arena. Off to the right is like a high end boutique where you can customize your character, and then um, there's also a gambling house and a casino. So the gambling house is kind of like Japanese card games. The casino has like more traditional like Western style card games like poker and blackjack. And then um, on the left, we'll, we'll talk about this later, but there is a cabaret uh, where you can go on dates with women. And it's very surreal, but we'll get to that in a second. The first one we'll do is the uh, kind of like the combat arena where you okay. you go for the Coliseum, they call it. And you have like these different combat challenges and you can do solo or you can do team battles. And the team battles have AI companions with you but even if you do the solo you can actually choose your team from a group of different fighters so like i don't know if they're going to be dlc or unlockable or what but like they're all characters from like past yakuza slash like a dragon games like so guru majima is is one of the characters you can select or uh god what's the big like muscle man from uh the past games uh she's now I, I know you're talking about i just i do not know his name I'm gonna I'm find this name. Muscle Buster and, Gary yeah. Buster Holmes. Yes. Gary Buster Holmes. That's the first search result that came up I, <laughs> when I typed in Muscle Man Yakuza game. But yeah, so there's <laughs> there's different characters from like past Yakuza games, and then also like there's like the Sheep Man, the Chicken Man, and like they they're just people with masks of those animals, and they have like I think the Can I Yeah, go ahead. I'm very sorry to interrupt, Brian. Uh but the Chicken Man, uh, this is totally off topic. Is actually a um, a tactic that my parents use to get their dog to behave. If their dog is being particularly bad when guests come over, and she always is when I'm there, she's usually in a bad mood. Uh, they go, oh, "What's that?" And the dog like freezes, and they're like, "It's the chicken man." <laughs> and then my stepdad goes. <laughs> and then the dog like instantly like stops acting up and is like pretty much like scared to death and like behaves and then like we'll look out the window so if the dog's like really hyper they say the chicken man's is it scared or just confused 
it's like I don't know if it's scared or if it's like just like it just like stops jumping around and like sits in one spot and like just watches out the window for the chicken man. Now this, the, Brian, I don't know if you'll know the <laughs> answer is... to this question, but does the game have an English dub? Uh, no, not that no. I saw. But okay, because then your parents can't; they'll be fine to play it. Uh, okay, <laughs> good. Yeah, say yeah. don't play it around your dog. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the chicken man is in the game. So chicken man, do <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, just uh, be careful playing it around your dog because the chicken okay. man is absolutely in this game uh, okay. as a playable character. He's a but yeah, real character, not like some threat that you <laughs> levied against an invisible threat levied against a dog. It's really in the game. That's so cool. yeah. Um, but yeah, so you can do like one-on-one battles, but you can choose different characters. So I chose like Majima to be my character, and he has like a knife and everything, and. So they have different combat styles and then you can choose like big team battles basically where it's like, I think it was like 12 on 12 and you can have like just brawls against different characters um, in this arena and you earn like money and everything. So that, that was fun. That was just kind of like a fun diversion. Gave me a good sense for like the different combat styles, the different characters that are selectable at this Coliseum for some reason. I don't know if there's going to be other areas that they're going to be playable, but they were fun to play as. It seems like that's a lot of work just for this one area to not have them playable in other parts of the game, but we'll see. Art, do, do you know real... Uh, is Because this game takes place before Yakuza 8, so like no Yakuza 8 characters would theoretically be there, I guess. Not right? that I've unless seen. Unless canon is just thrown in the wind and it's just all fan service anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a feeling that it's... I mean, there's a robot I think you can sh- like choose to play as, so I, I think canon might just be... Okay. Yeah. Like, just well, it is... They did say it's supposed to bridge the gap, not only between six and seven, but lay the groundwork for what he's going to do in mm-hmm. eight. So it is canon, technically. Okay, but maybe in right. the, the Colosseum itself, I think, might not be canon because it's like, oh right, right. Why is Goro the, yeah, Majima right. there? Like, it's okay. a it's a weird thing. So I did that. Then I went and just played some card games. I, I made Joru. Sorry, I keep wanting to say Kiru, uh, but his name is now Joru. Uh, dress up all snazzy. I gave him like a nice suit and some really. Uh, just kind of gaudy sunglasses and everything. And then I decided to take him and go on a date. And this is where things got kind of surreal because they are FMV dates and they are in first person. So you sit down and you choose which girl you want to go on a date with. And I did not know this was going to be like live action FMV. So I'm sitting there at this preview event. There's people walking all around. And then suddenly there's like a full screen, like, uh, just a Japanese woman sitting very close to the camera in first person, looking at looking at back at me very lovingly and having a conversation with me. And I'm just like, this is kind of like I, I put it in my my preview that's on GameInformer.com. It's like it's the kind of like scene that you might have to do some explaining if somebody walks in on you while you're playing it. <laughs> like I'm on a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. I mean it, it yeah it's just kind of like a weird like I was just like chuckling at like the absurdity of it while I'm playing and then I was talking to like one of the PR people or one of the representatives and I was just like yeah that's kind of weird he's like yeah I, I love watching like the the reactions of people when it first comes on the screen because that was one of the things that like beforehand they were like yeah go check this part out and it was weird. just like oh man like it, it was jarring because at first I was like wow this is like really well animated I was like oh it's a real person <laughs> so is Kiryu like do you see him at all in first person? Like, does he have like real world hands on the table or do you, you just don't see any part of him? You just see the woman looking back at you. And then like every once in a while, she'll ask you a question or like ask you for like what you want to talk about or what you want to order. 
and you just choose like from like a list of a few different things and then like her reactions will vary based on that and apparently like you can get closer with them and date go on better dates with them and like buy them presents so uh you just i think you just hear his voice if i recall like kind of answering her questions but like you don't see like his hands or anything like that man that's so weird the dating stuff's not new for yakuza like right you know but like man i i would love to know what inspired <laughs> them to go that far with it you know what it was they looked at alan wake too and they were like you know what i like getting this like live action footage in the game we should do that i'm assuming anyway. that's what i think happened uh so yeah i had a good time uh even amongst the absurdity of the first person live action dating simulation <laughs> That's bizarre. I love that. That is so. Weird. It was very bizarre. I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying it was. It was kind of strange. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what else? What's next? So I played a little endless dungeon. Um, Alex, you've played some of this. I I had a good time with it. It's I like played a ro- it too. Yeah. I, I I don't have a ton of like details about like what I can fix. I haven't, I uh, candidly haven't been really following this game a whole lot. But like you know, it's just kind of like a top down twin stick shooter uh, roguelite experience where you're playing co-op with uh two other people going around trying to open doors and uh make it through this kind of like procedurally generated labyrinth and every once in a while enemies will come in you have to fend off waves of them and uh while you're kind of managing your resources to like all right do i do want to build like defense turrets or do we want to invest it in like a resource generator or do we want to use it to like open doors so like there is some like resource management at play and you can also like buy health packs, new weapons and everything. And every hero character has like their own unique abilities. So yeah, I had a good time with it. Um, I, I don't know how much I'll really have a chance to play it. I, I do like twin stick shooters, but this this period of, of game releases from like now until like the end of October is just insanity. Yeah, it's dumb. I think the coolest part of, of the Endless Dungeon, and I learned about it last Gamescom, when I first played Endless Dungeon, I apologize if, I, if I've told the story on this show, but yeah, that that series, and I'm pretty sure I've told all of you this off offline, but that series they told me Endless because they've got Endless Space and and a bunch of others was originally like a, it was going to be like their proof of concept for being able to, uh, they wanted to make the game they wanted to make for like ten years was Humankind, which is the 4X game they made. Uh, that same studio and uh, came out in like 2020, 2021, something yeah. like that. Um, and they were like, okay, well humankind is this big four X game and has all these disparate pieces that we have to figure out how to design. Let's break up all those, those pillars and make smaller games out of each pillar. And then once we've done that, we'll be able to make our dream game. Uh, and uh, it turns out, that now endless is like their massive series with, with this huge cult following and humankind. Not that it wasn't, I, I enjoyed the game, but not that it was like a, a forgettable game or anything, but like, it's just like, Oh yep, that thing came out and now we're back to endless. And like, yeah, it's just very interesting how kind of, it was the exact opposite of what they ever originally envisioned. It almost seems like how uh sabotage pitched sea of stars to me back when it before it was announced you know I, I was one of like the first people to learn about it it was like the first week of covid lockdown and um the pr person reached out, i was like hey we have like the we want to pre-brief you on like the next game from the developers of the messenger and i asked them about it and they were like yeah like you know the messenger was kind of like a hey can we make a game 
<laughs> like, can we actually get a game out the door? Let's make something less complicated. And then when they decided that they could, and like people seemed to like it pretty well, that's when they were like, let's let's do our dream game, which is Sea of Stars. We want to do something more complex, longer, and uh, but within that same universe, but also a level of detachment since it takes place, I think, like thousands of years uh, apart yeah. from the messenger. But yeah, like the messenger was like their proof of concept that they can actually ship a game, get it out the door, and have it be high quality. Sea of Stars was like the game they actually wanted to make. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I love stories like that. Endless Dungeon was fun. I, I had a good time with it, but I'm a Persona guy. Ever since Persona Five came out in 2017, I have just been Mister Make that curry like once a month. Mister Persona, I, I still do make that curry from time to time. You can find that recipe on GameInformer.com, by the way. Just search LeBlanc Curry. But I played Persona Five in 2017. Absolutely loved it. Played Persona Five Royal, reviewed it for us. Uh, loved it. Went back and played Persona Four Golden, and loved that as well. Tried to play Persona Three Portable. It's rough in 2023 to try to play Persona 3 Portable. And unfortunately, that's what they gave us on modern consoles earlier this year. Now we're getting Persona 3 Reload, which I got my hands on that. That is the full remake that we have been wanting. And after playing it, I definitely feel confident in saying that it is basically Persona 3, but up to the level of quality and modernization of Persona 5 Royal. So That's exciting. that is everything that I've been wanting. Uh, talking to the representative, they basically were like, you know, like right now, if somebody asks me like, what, I've never played a Persona game, what should I play? We always just tell them Persona 5 Royal because that's the most modern game. It's the most streamlined. It, it's the most stylized. It's, it, it just will immediately grab you. They said the goal for Persona 3 Reload is to make it so that becomes the default entry of like, hey we're gonna i need to play a persona game i've never played one before what should i check out and they say persona 3 reload and it does feel like a good entry point you know persona 3 the original persona 3 was kind of like the first game that introduced so many of these mechanics that went on to define games like persona 4 and persona 5 so to have a modernized version of that like you know it was the first one that really had social links in it um which you know are huge parts of p4 and p5 and you know, everything, it's rebuilt from the ground up in Unreal Engine. It gives you uh, the, the high-quality cutscenes, the high-quality voice acting. Um, they re-recorded the entire soundtrack. They um, added new songs. And the battle interface really does veer closely to um, Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal. And it just feels like, okay, if they, if, if like Persona 3 came out in 2023, this is exactly what it would feel like. So... Unfortunately, it's not coming out in 2023. It's coming out in 2024, but it's uh, February 2nd. They gave us the release date for that. So yeah, it's right around the corner. But like, I played through some stages of Tartarus, and I played through the end of the first uh, kind of dungeon against and including the the first boss battle. And yeah, it is modern Persona through and through. And I cannot wait to finally be able to say that I've played Persona 3 because, you know, when I got into it, we had uh, Kim Wallace and Joe Juba on staff still. And they kept saying like, oh, Persona 5 is great. Persona 4 Golden is awesome. But Persona 3 is forever going to be the, the my favorite Persona game. And I, I have a theory that it's I've kind of like... before, yeah. I have a, a theory that it's kind of like Pokemon and Final Fantasy where like the first one that you really get into is always going to be your favorite. And I think that that's probably the case in Persona. Like, I don't know if anything's ever going to top Persona 5 Royal for me, but I am or a persona five proper, but I am forever going to be excited and curious about persona three 
especially now that it's coming in a modern way that I can actually like approach pretty easily because like right now when I try to play persona three portable, I'm just like, Oh man, this is, this is kind of rough. It feels antiquated. You know, it's a, a PSP port of a PlayStation two game. So it's like very antiquated in that way. And then they ported it to switch and Xbox and PlayStation, but like having a modernized version, that's like truly modernized feels like something that I just can't wait to play. Well, okay, a couple questions um, that you might not be able to answer to based on your limited time. Are the dungeons randomized? Uh, I believe Tartarus is, but I don't think that the dungeons themselves are. So Tartarus okay. is kind of like the the procedurally generated area. but And out, outside so. the dungeons, you're fully controlling the character. It's like a third person, right? I did not play anything outside of the dungeons aside from like okay. there was like a time where I was like, when I loaded into the save to go take on the boss, I guess like what they had done is exited the dungeon, but I was fully controlling the character and I was able to like run up the stairs and go into the dungeon. So that leads me to believe that you are. Okay. And then the anime cutscenes. do you know if, if they've been like, have they done them over or are they just bringing those over? Like maybe like, you know, I don't know, putting them in HD or I mean, I would imagine they're redoing all of them because you know, they're rebuilding everything from the ground up. So like, Unless they just did a really, really good remastering job and like maybe redubbed in like new voice acting, but like I, I can't imagine they wouldn't just go for it and redo the entire thing. Yeah, I mean those anime cutscenes look so good though, and they totally they certainly would hold up. But yeah, I'm just I'm curious because I was like, I'm I'm not really a Persona guy, I, though I live in a Persona house. Everyone in my family <laughs> loves Persona, um, so I know the soundtracks very well because I fall asleep to them every time a new Persona comes out. But like I and I was like you know maybe I'll jump in on portable on on Xbox One and Switch and stuff and I was just kind of bummed out by like there's no they took out the cutscenes because they were trying to fit it on a PSP disc a UMD back in the day and like the sort of in between dungeons sections are almost feel more like point and click yeah it was like visual novel which is like ah, that's not really what I want um and and then yeah the the randomized dungeons I think will always kind of bum me out so I've been curious if that if they're because that's the thing that they took out for five that they're like well we're gonna we're gonna hand design all these dungeons and i was like yeah that's because it's better thank you for doing that um but i'm curious if if uh, reload is gonna do that as well uh, but in any case I, i'm excited for it it might be tr- maybe i will finally like jump in and play a persona beginning i mean end. why not five if you're like you know you have i mean it's very busy right now but you have several months before this comes out and five is probably on sale between now and then <laughs> i I'm good. I just would rather play the new thing that's coming up. I, I I don't have time to play Persona 5. I don't have literally 1 million hours uh, to throw <laughs> at an RPG. <laughs> well, Brian, speaking of, of 5, tell us about Tactica. Yeah, so that is the uh, fourth spinoff, or third third spinoff game off of Persona 5. Well, I guess if you count Royal as a spinoff, that's more of an update. Um so yeah, it came out Persona 5, Persona 5 Dancing, Persona 5 Royal, and now Persona 5 Tactica. So this is the turn Wait, did you skip Strikers? Oh yeah, Strikers. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was forgetting. Yeah. yeah. It's truly the Final Fantasy VII of Persona. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you're not a gamer, that sentence yeah. made absolutely zero sense. Um, well, no, which, by the way, normally I would say, yeah, we could just blow past Strikers. But that's like tr- that's honestly the closest thing to a sequel persona 5 has gotten is strikers so and i anyway. love strikers i reviewed that for us back in yeah. 2021 yeah 2021 yeah. and i love that and it was the the main appeal for me i'm not a big muso guy but like 
the turn-based elements they introduced into it made those battles a lot more enjoyable for me. And then on top of that, the the main meat that I was excited for was just going on another adventure with that cast of characters because I basically just fell in love with every single one of those characters during the course of Persona 5 proper. So having that be kind of like the, the carrot on the stick for me to continue playing was more than enough. And that's kind of where I'm approaching Persona 5 Tactica from, where it's like, yeah, I'd rather be a turn-based RPG, but like I'll take a turn-based tactics game. I like the occasional tactics strategy game. So like, you know, I like a Mario plus Rabbids or an XCOM 2 or something every once in a while, although I don't get like bogged down in too many of them, especially the really deep ones. But this one feels maybe like it's closer to the Mario plus Rabbids side of it, where there's going to be some difficulty, but it's overall a pretty approachable entry in the genre. So basically it starts off where like, you know, the lead candidate for the prime minister position in uh, Japan goes missing. And like, while they, they, they're kind of like talking about like how they're worried they're going to lose touch with each other. Once they're, they're like in the cafe and want, they're talking about how they're losing, they're afraid they're going to lose touch once they start kind of graduating high school and going off to university. And they're talking about kind of their plans for that. And then like the lights go out and the entire cafe shakes. And then like, they notice there's like a light at the emanating out of the door so they go out there and then when they open it, they realize they're not in like their civilian clothes anymore. They've kind of transformed into like their metaverse clothes uh, that, that they get into automatically when they go into like a palace in Persona 5. So they're like, oh, we are clearly not in Tokyo anymore. So they um, turns out like there's like a bunch of like revolutionary era soldiers or revolution era soldiers that are like there and like you just have to do like tactics battles against them. And it's like grid based, but it's also like you can move freely, but you just have to settle on like a specific location on a grid. Um, so it's not rabbits. We're, we're talking squares, right? Uh, yeah, but okay. it is free movement, but it's just like, there are squares that you can reach to, right? It's not gotcha. like you have Got to it. go like square by square. You can just move. And then it's like, here's how far you can reach in this turn. And like, if you're in cover, the cover blocks, um, any on like any forward attack and then resists any attack from the side so like it's really advantageous to be in cover every character has a ranged melee and persona attack um and the persona attacks have different abilities and everything like that so like you know jokers arsene has a um kind of like a an area of effect attack whereas morgana's um attack like it's wind based so it can like knock enemies out of cover which is really handy and if you hit an enemy when they're out of cover you have a good chance of stunning them and that gets you a one more attack which you know when you're playing a turn-based game getting a one more is like getting an extra turn in that turn is like huge so that's really helpful and then you know there's three members in your party at any given time and one of the key mechanics is the triple threat attack and what that basically is, is you surround each other in a triangle. You surround a knockdown enemy in a triangle. And when you do that, the, there's like a, a flaming triangle that gets drawn that like connects your three characters. And any any character, any enemy that's in that triangle ends up getting hit by like basically this game's version of the all-out attack from the, the mainline series. Yeah. And, you know, that's a really powerful attack. So, like, positioning comes really into play when um, when you're talking Persona 5 Tactica. So, 
Does it do the same flashy like cinematic? It does. It. Um, I mean, it's it's different, but it is it is like a, a cinematic attack. And then, um, you know, it's a chibi art style, so it's a little different looking throughout. But it still maintains. I forgot it's chibi. Yeah, yeah. It still maintains that kind of like Persona Five like hyper stylized red and black color scheme. I, I really like the way it looked, even though I probably would have preferred like kind of like the more faithful character models than what we have in in the chibi style of Tactica. Do you have to? Uh, I don't know if you said anything about the story, but do you need to play the other ones to play this? Like, where does this? Is this after so, Strikers, or where does this sit in the like? It's non It's non canonical. Jeez, I can't talk. Um, non canonical, and uh, but it does take place after Persona Five, at least. That's all we know. So none of the characters from Strikers are in it. None of the characters, at least from Royal, that I saw are in it. So like, if you played Royal, like any of the new characters that you you get in your party are not in what I saw anyway. Maybe they join later, but it seems like it's just. Uh, Futaba, Haru, Ryuji, Morgana, Joker, Yusuke, An, and Makoto. So those were the ones that popped up during my playthrough. And yeah, it, it seems like it's a really great time. I, I'm having, I'm getting more and more excited for it. It is yeah. kind of the best way cool. to put it. I like that as non-canonical because as somebody who uh, hasn't played those games, I mean, I've played a little bit here and there. I've dabbled. Uh, Persona 4 Golden was a little furthest I made it. I really like that game. Um, I like that's not canonical because I could. I feel like it removes the pressure, and I can just like jump in and play a tactics game. I mean, per, it probably would be good to play at least Persona Five, even if it's just the base game. So okay, like, so just one hundred and twenty. Yeah, hours. just that. <laughs> okay. um, but no, <laughs> like, right, so, cool. so, I mean, that's that goes for any Persona Five spinoff. Like, you know, if you're gonna play dancing, even though like there's no story really in dancing, like you're gonna have an affection for the music just because you've heard the battle theme, like over 20 hours in your life <laughs> whereas like yeah, yeah you know but strikers it takes place after the events of persona 5 um tactica takes place after the events of persona 5 but they don't seem like they have any any interactions between them okay well brian we've got about five minutes left uh kyle and i both have a hard out uh here in a few but i know you played a lot of games we also haven't even talked about mortal kombat uh, any highlights from the rest of the Sega event before we move on to Mortal Kombat? Um, I had a good time with Samba de Amigo. It's not going to be like a, okay. a top 10 game of the year for me or anything like that, but like that comes out next week. I played some Sonic games or Sonic songs plus uh, the Macarena, so that was fun. And uh, <laughs> Word. Yeah, I mean, the, the Joy-Cons kind of had a hard time registering at times, but um, okay. other than that, like it seemed like the motion detection was pretty spot on. It had me doing windmills and everything with my arms, so... Yeah. I was sweating by the end of the third song that I played, and yeah, it seems like it's it's perfectly fine, and I'm happy that series is back. Cool. Well, let's transition to uh, to blood and guts real quick. We just did. Um, we had a pretty big preview stint with Mortal Kombat over this during the summer. It feels like. Um, is this what 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 are what they show you? Is it the invasion stuff? Is that yeah? Right? So I played story, the first chapter of story, and I played okay. invasions, which is the new giant single player mode that is going to operate on a six-week schedule. So every six weeks, it resets back to zero, and each season has about nine hours of content. And hmm. it's a single-player mode. Essentially, it's almost like it has hub worlds, right? Where like it has like the, the nodes, and you, you go on a linear path or sometimes branching paths, and each node has a different challenge. And it's almost like Super Mario Bros. 3. All right, I beat this one. That opens up the path to these two or this one, and... You just basically make your way through these worlds and um, complete these challenges. And some of them are like, here's like a, a special challenge where like demons are coming through the, the match every so often and breathing fire. And whoever gets stuck, hit by it, like catches on fire. 
And that actually comes into play because your characters, it's very RPG focused. So like you level up your characters as you play them, like they, they get more attack power, more defense. You can also get talismans that you can equip to your characters and that, that augments their abilities because every character has an elemental type, like an RPG. So like Sub-Zero is ice type and Scorpion is fire type and Raiden is electricity type or lightning yeah. type. Are you saying whatever. they're Pokemon now? They're basically Pokemon, but like... And in yeah, as right. such, these talismans that you can unlock, you can go to the forge and augment them and equip them to different characters. So, like, I was playing Sub-Zero, who's an ice type, and I got a talisman, and I equipped it with this ability to throw a flaming skull. So all I had to do was flick the right, uh, right stick, and Sub-Zero would throw out a flaming skull. So that gave him a fire-based attack, similar to, like, when you have, like... Uh, like a water type that you teach like a grass attack to or something like that in Pokemon. So there's that and like certain characters will have type advantages over other characters, certain mini games, like there's certain challenges. Like there's one where you're in a 2D plane, but it's just you in the stage, but there's energy balls coming through and you have to jump over or dodge them or time it right. There's also like test your might mini games where you're just mashing a button and you have to pull the trigger or whatever, whatever button input you have to do to make it so they smash through the bricks um, so yeah, it, it seems like it's a cool thing that's giving you, and it, it tries to reward you based on the player that you, or the character that you play. So that way it's like, um, you know, if you really like playing as Sub-Zero and you don't really like playing as Johnny Cage, you'll probably unlock more stuff for Sub-Zero than you would for Johnny Cage. I like that a lot. Yeah. So that they're doing cool. that. And it's every six weeks, a new nine hours of content, which is a lot that's intense. And like, seems like they're doing a lot of like cosmetic, uh, rewards for it, for playing through it. And that's really awesome. Uh, real quick, because I know you guys have a heart out here. Uh, story mode. Also played through the first um, chapter of that, which focuses on Kun Lao. And the, it, the production values are just incredible for Mortal Kombat 1. And it looks phenomenal. It's unbelievable. I got to look at NetherRealm's motion capture studio as well as their facial capture studio, which was very cool. Um, just state-of-the-art tech. And it shows in the final product. Like the There's some fun moments. There's one where like, Shang Tsung is like, and again, spoilers for the opening chapter of the game, but like in the opening scene, like Shang Tsung is like dressed up in like his old man outfit from the original Mortal Kombat. And then like he goes back after like, they call him a fraud because he's trying to sell like a miracle cure tonic that like, hey, it cures every disease. He's and, a snake oil salesman. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and so like some guy shows up and he's, he calls him a fraud and a liar. And then like once he exposes them, like they, the, the crowds people like or the townspeople gather around him and like basically beat him up. And then like he, it flashes forward to like later in the night and like he's just sitting outside of like a wagon and he's like, you know, dressing his wounds. And then he removes like the old man costume. And it turns out he's actually younger and that, that's kind of like a nod to the fact that Shang Tsung is like a shapeshifter in the other games, but he doesn't really have that power in this version of Mortal Kombat because it's a new timeline that Liu Kang rewrote. But then some woman... Is it like the Mission Impossible mask? No, it's just he has like an old man eyebrows that he takes off and like long hair and everything and like kind of like the Fu Manchu beard that like he has in the original. And then, um, you know, a woman appears and is like, uh, I can give you the power that you pretend to have. And it's like, join me and I'll lay the realms at your feet. And like, that's kind of the kickoff point for the story. And then like, you know, Raiden and uh, Kun Lao are actually like buddy, buddy in this because Liu Kang kind of stepped into the role of being the God of, of the team. So Raiden actually kind of slots into Liu Kang's role of being like Kun Lao's best friend and being the champion of, of earth realm. 
And then, um, you know, there's some campy moments in addition to some really badass cinematography and choreography. But like, there's one where like Sub Zero is fighting in this bar in like a cutscene, and like he punches and like it leaves like a trail of ice, and he like removes his arm, and the ice remains. And a guy at the bar just like breaks off a piece of ice and puts it in his drink. And then like, you know, Kun Lao doesn't have his like razor blade hat, but he has like a, a just a regular hat. So you see this in like one of the trailers, like he throws the hat at, I forget if it's Scorpion or Sub-Zero and it just kind of bounces off his head and he turns around and looks at him just like, why'd you do that? And he's like, <laughs> and then like later on, like a, a, like a circular blade like flies through and it like gets stuck in the wall and Kun Lao has like this moment it's like, oh, that works much better. And so like there are some campy moments and a lot of nods to like Mortal Kombat's history, but like it's the production values are incredible, even beyond what we saw in Mortal Kombat 11. And this is another one that I, I'm just like, marking off my calendar like all right well whenever whenever i get to play this game i'm just going to devote like all my nights to it for like a full week and get through the story and maybe make a dent in like the the invasions gameplay yeah awesome well brian thanks for joining us on this part of the podcast uh and uh listeners we will be right back Welcome back, everybody, to the Game Informer Show. Wesley, uh, tell us all about Immortals of Avium. How is that video game? It is very good. I don't know if you need to like rush out to play it right now, given everything else around okay. it. Yeah. But it's one that if you're a fan of first-person shooters, you should not um, miss it this year. I Really? I, I, I gave it an 8, and... Um, I thought it was going to be one of those uh, I'm alone in this. Like, you know, the, the people on Twitter that do the review roundups, I was like, mine's going to be on the yeah. top. And then there's probably going to be a lot of other ones uh, below it. Uh, like for some inside baseball, the embargo was at midnight when the game releases, which is sometimes never a good sign because they want 70% of the time. Yeah. It means that. Great. Exactly. So I'm like, there's something. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe I just like, vibe with this game and there this team's not confident i don't know but it turns out like a lot of other people uh, agreed that the game's pretty good um it's it's uh, a first person shooter like call of duty but you're not using guns you're using magic and you have three types of magic and you your blue magic acts as like your long range rifle or sniper you have red magic that acts as a shotgun you have green magic that acts as a machine gun um and the thing that I enjoyed most about the game is it turns a re- like arena combat into almost like puzzle encounters because certain enemies have shields that need to be taken out with specific color weapons you have. So you're not just like mindlessly shooting at enemies. You're like, okay, this guy's attacking with blue. Let's throw some blue magic onto him. Got a green guy over here. Got two red guys in front of me. And so, and if you if it's you don't like Ikaruga, I'm not familiar with what that is but <laughs> oh yeah okay. like, i feel like yeah. that's the game that sort of popularized that concept of switching because you had it's multi-colored a bu- bullets yeah. a bullet hell it's a bullet hell. It's like, oh yeah is yeah, that the one where you could turn like... your switch vertical to play it they made that yeah. device for it oh yeah i yeah. forgot they yeah. Yeah, yeah, they brought yeah. it they ported okay. it to switch. which is super cool it's an old yeah, it's a much older game than that but it, it kind of established that concept of like multicolored bullets only affecting the corresponding yeah. enemies and that was like the strategy of having to switch at the right time yeah, okay, I do know that game. Um, yeah, so it's similar to that. And it's not like super punishing. If you attack an enemy with the wrong color, it'll still damage them and stuff, but like their shields won't go down much at all. Um, and it kind of has that uh, Doom, uh, the new Doom games type of feel where you need to like really be on your toes 
and switching back and forth and like paying attention to what enemies attacking you when and where uh, because the screen becomes filled with enemies and it can get quite chaotic. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed that. I, I like first person shooters, but I do think the genre can be a little stale in terms of how it approaches shooting. Like you're often just shooting and you have cool guns and I like this gun, so I'm going to shoot an enemy with this gun. Um, and I always appreciate a game that's trying to like do something different. Uh, and I mean, not to mention, it's also using magic instead of guns. And then it takes those mechanics and applies it to its open area exploration. So you have tons of puzzles in the world to solve. You'll see like a red gem on the wall and you need to shoot it with your red shotgun magic. And then you got to find the blue gem on the wall and shoot it with your blue magic and so on. And it does it like you have to do it fast enough to unlock it and all this. There's, there's a lot of puzzles they do with this mechanic that I really appreciated um, because this game has a fair bit of exploration. It's not just run and gun and shoot people all the time and oh you're in another arena combat there's quiet moments where you can explore and find collectibles and there's tons of chests to shoot open it's uh it was like very different from first person shooters i've played as of late which i appreciated it took me 16 hours to beat which is already like 10 hours longer than most shooter games i play i feel like the storytelling is fine it's a lot of like fantasy jargon and proper nouns and this game sure. this game kind of like throws a textbook of information at you like it's impressive that oh go ahead i'm sorry on a scale of a knight's tale to like game of thrones how medieval are we talking <laughs> like the dialogue oh it's like a knight's tale it's yeah it's okay. modern okay. modern fine. dialogue <laughs> and characters they just happen to live in a very fantastical realm uh i mean this isn't this isn't old earth right this isn't like this is like no this right? is this, this is, is like is a avium. whole other universe right yeah avium, yeah. Baby. yeah yeah <laughs> forget uh, it it's avium basically there's two warring factions and they want like control over magic it's uh, what's what's the war called because i saw an ad for this game the other day and i was like this looks like the cheesiest <laughs> war i've ever oh, seen uh, ever uh, war right uh, ever war yeah the ever war, war. <laughs> yeah. he's like we've got to take out karthak thought, in this ever war that's that was the like, rare game I'm, I'm never playing this video game. that's how it is <laughs> <laughs> these characters but then are you're like, saying it's really good Come on, man. Baldur's Gate 3 is like 10 times worse than that. Come okay, on. But, but they're not like, we've got to go to the Moonrise Towers to take out... Well, I guess they are. I was about to say, that. I bet you're quoting Baldur's <laughs> Gate 3 right now. <laughs> I, don't know. I know what you mean, though. Line I, delivery. I do know what you like, mean, though, Alex. Like that, Just to hear someone be like, without context, is like, we're fighting in the Ever War. You're kind of like, what? okay, what is and this it's like, <laughs> Come on. Farty, We have to take out Karthok in the Ever War. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh, my body's like my skin is crawling. From <laughs> that sounds like a great like early two thousands like alt rock band name yeah. though. Everwar. Everwar. They would, yeah, they would yeah. open for Paramore maybe. Yeah. It. I mean, like the. I'm sorry. There's a lot of games that that have writing like that. It's not this one. It's not <laughs> like it. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't enjoy it. It's just I saw that in an ad yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the writing is very. Um... Like that, you do hear like <laughs> he's right behind me, isn't he? Uh, at least once oh, in this no. game, and like oh, like a big thing with teeth, like snarling, you're like ah, yeah. darn it. It's like very it's the uh, weed we weed Yes, weed weedinism. I was trying to think of the director. <laughs> <Weedonism>. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's very weedinistic in its dialogue, and um, I don't like that. <laughs> but like I, I kind of like. <laughs> it was th it was there and it was happening, and there there's a lot of 
jargon on screen, but like I was there for the combat and the exploration. Because it's always good when the story of the game is it's happening. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. the story exists and uh, these characters go places and fight people. Yeah, no, but the gameplay does look does look interesting to me. It's a lot of fun. And I will to the story's credit, like it doesn't really as cheesy as the dialogue can be. Sometimes it's pretty straightforward and it's messaging and it's not trying to like okay be all like gray line this and that like your characters are like yeah we got to kill this kingdom of fascists because like they're fascists and it's kind of nice to just hear characters be like these guys are basically nazis let's just go kill them and then you just do there's no like <laughs> no shades of gray it's okay. like these guys yeah. just suck let's deal with them yeah it was it was a refreshing right, like forwardness that. in it although the yeah the characters really just the main character he is very like what you described alex like to a t what's his name um, do you remember his name jack with the k like jack and dexter wait really yes yeah yeah, yeah. can you do it's, that uh, <laughs> i can it's, it's <laughs> go ahead kyle you've got the you've got I, the say, I asked them about that uh when i went and saw the game a couple months ago and i was like that exact question marcus was basically are you are you guys allowed to do that and uh it's named after the director's uh son so so he gets a special pass. There's a real life Jack out there. Real life Jack. Although I imagine well, his, his son's, son's got a lawsuit coming to him. <laughs> <laughs> he just outed his son. <laughs> he named his uh, my least favorite character in the game after his son, unfortunately. Um, but you know that happens sometimes. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, there's not too much more to say on it. Like, if you want a good first person shooter, I think you should play this. But like, don't come here for a good fantasy shooter story because it's not that that's not what i took away out of the enjoyment of it but i like thoroughly enjoyed the uh first person shooting and the exploration and uh the puzzle solving a lot it's probably trying to think of other shooters i've played this year it's probably my favorite shooter this year um and i would love to see this team like make another i think that they're really onto something with their mechanics if they can maybe uh you know work up the world a little bit more and make it more interesting to uh, exist in and talk to people in. And I think they could do a, a really good sequel. Man, who would have thought I, the big showdown would be Call of Duty versus Immortal of Avium? Avium. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's uh, the former Call of Duty folks working on Immortals of Avium. So, you know. Uh, but yeah, that, I've I've played games like that, West, which I and I admired them. Like, I feel like the original Assassin's Creed was kind of one of those where it's like, yeah. there's like, you guys have something here. And this is a great first effort. Like, I'm, I want to see what happens next. Like, I kind of feel that way even about, like, Death Stranding, you know, where I'm like, oh, yeah. there's there's shortcomings in Death Stranding, but it's like, there's, you're, you've got something here. Like, there is something huge here that you that you just need to sort of iterate on and work on. And I'm getting the sense that that's kind of what Immortals of Avium feels like. It's like solid first entry that it's like with with more time and a potential sequel could really may- maybe be something really special but you know yeah see. i mean it's it's like an impressive game for sure from a this is the first game from the studio it's the first unreal engine 5 game not built or funded by epic um who you know have created unreal engine 5 and i did have some performance issues but they had a list of day one fixes coming with the patch so uh um that was nice to see they were aware of the issues i didn't inco- i didn't um, encounter any issues that they hadn't already listed in that um, uh, list so uh, I wasn't too worried about that just some frame drops here and there and the shadows didn't look great um, but yeah it's like an impressive looking game I kind of wish I played it on PC just to see what it looks out a bit more maxed out because I played on PS5 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with it as a first outing from a new studio trying to do something different in the first person shooter genre, which is pretty, uh, mostly just military. Like it's all, it's military games and you have the occasional, um, doom, uh, and I really enjoyed the them mixing magic instead of guns. It seems like such an obvious uh, like switch up to do. Like instead of guns, let's use magic. But I don't know. I didn't find too many examples when I was like looking into other games that have done this. Um, and I think that Immortals does it really well. I don't think of that. Remember that magic based battle royale where it was pretty much that. Like they were like, we're gonna do a battle royale uh, back in battle royale. The- what was that game I called? Think it was something like that. Realms? You guys, it's not around anymore. But Realms I played royale. It. So, no, no, it was no. literally a games. When, yeah, it was back when everyone was making a battle royale, and someone was like, "Hey, we're just going to do spell casting, but as a battle royale, uh, yeah, spell the, break, spell break, that's spell right. break." I was yeah, gonna yeah, say yeah. the developer was in Boston for some. I don't know why. Yeah, that's the only around. other game I could that comes to mind when I think of what Immortals of Avium is going for. Uh, but yeah, well, there's always the Hexen, which is like a Doom era shooter oh yeah. yeah but i mean that's like that's a different generation you know we're that's <laughs> we've left that long behind <laughs> the the chivalry team i believe made a let me double check chivalry mage game uh mirage arcane warfare mirage arcane warfare maybe yeah arcane i, I, I want to call of duty that's just called that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just wizards instead of zombies it's called arcane warfare yeah, yeah. for some reason they're yeah. still talking like a lot of military jargon yeah mirage arcane warfare it was developed by torn banner who does chivalry and it was like it didn't i don't think it lasted very long uh but it was a multiplayer magic wielding yeah. sort of game if i re- if i recall i guess uh tiny tina's wonderland sort of kind of yeah uh, a little bit sometimes yeah. Yeah, in some that's ways guns. but yeah. it's all it's all proving wes's point that it's like this is yeah, this yeah, has not like, been is, done much which is cool it's novel yeah but it seems like an obvious like it seems like something that there's tons of games doing it but there's not um yeah i mean i i, I hope that they make more of these i think I hope that people that like first-person shooters give it a try and support it. I know as someone who really enjoys those types of games, I'm always complaining that they're usually so multiplayer-focused, and I would like you know some single-player first-person shooters uh, that have like a big focus on the campaign as a set as a side as instead of like a, just a side course to it. Um, so yeah, like if you want a good meaty first-person single-player game like Immortals of Avium is, I, th- I think a game you should check out. Awesome. Game Pass? Well, thanks or... for... No. It's an EA Originals game, so I th- I haven't looked, but I imagine it's on that EA uh, subscription thing. I forget what that's oh, called, right. but yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's on Game Pass or PlayStation Plus for that matter. Okay. And it's a it's a full price game, well, too. Cool. Well, Wes, thanks for giving us a lowdown on that. Um, as we wrap up the show, just want to give a reminder to people, if you want to support Game Informer, uh, please grab a subscription. You can head over to GameInformer.com slash magazine. If you're wanting uh, print copies of the magazine, you can buy them for 6 bucks a piece over at GameStop.com slash GameInformer, uh, or you can go to your local store, and you should be able to find them there. Uh, and those are just the single issues. So if you're looking for, I don't know, you like the Sea of, the sea of Stars cover, and maybe you read it when Kyle published it this last week, and you want an issue, you might be able to find one. Uh, by by heading over there and six bucks it's a good um, cover it's really pretty Yeah, good cover great <laughs> way to support us and go follow us on twitch and youtube uh twitch.tv slash game informer 
and youtube.com slash Game Informer. Uh, we've got a lot of video reviews coming up. We just published our Baldur's Gate 3 video review uh, this past week, um, as well as we've got some more cover story videos coming up for Sonic. And perhaps maybe our next cover will be dropping dropping in the coming weeks. Um, Can we plug our, um, for Twitch, uh, we have a new Super Replay yeah. starting this week. All right. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard of this. Yeah, uh, we're going to be playing uh, the entire story campaign of Mortal Kombat 9, a.k.a. Oh, the 2011 fun. reboot, sort of getting ready for MK1. So that'll, that'll, that'll kick be off this Friday. That'll be like just one stream, right? Isn't that like a... Aren't those cam- aren't those <laughs> Apparently it's like an eight-hour campaign. Oh, it's really? Like eight hours. Okay, cool, cool. They're, those nice. MK games are all like Call of Duty campaign length, roughly. It's probably yeah. like two or three episodes. Okay, cool. Uh, go listen to All Things Nintendo, which is our Nintendo podcast releasing every Friday. That's hosted by Brian Shea. And lastly, follow the, cr- the crew on social media. You can follow Kyle at Kyle M. Hilliard. Follow Marcus at Marcus Stewart 7 Follow Wes at LeBlanc Wes. You can follow me at It's Van Aiken. And don't forget to follow Brian uh, at Brian P. Shea. Also, real quick, I want to shout out my Kyle Hilliard on Blue Sky, because that's actually the one I've been using predominantly. Me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. So follow me there. And if anybody, any listeners who are maybe in the Gaming Informer community Discord need a Blue Sky invite, I've got some extras. And oh, yeah, I me too. I'd friends... throw some in there if anybody wants yeah, to. I've got, I've got yeah, I've got two codes I'm sitting on. Yeah, maybe I'll make a, a little thread in there in general chat today because uh, I've all my friends who want to be on there are on there. So happy to give those away to the community. All right. Well, I'm going to go grab some coffee guys and start my day. Uh, thanks for talking to me. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next Thursday. Bye. Bye.